0: Hi, everyone. My name is Leah. My native name is Apani, and my tribe is Blackfoot. My pronouns are they, them, and I'm a history major at the University of Alaska. You cool. want to introduce yourself next, Rachel?
1: Sure. Um, to my, my English name is Rachel. My, I have two native names. Um, one is in my family's language, which is Supiak and the other one is... Um, named after one of my ancestors. So my Supyak name is Islaite, which means themselves. And the name named after my ancestor is Inushka, which is my great-great-grandmother's name. Um, my family is Anupiak Inungin, and Supyak from the region that is now known as Alaska. And my pronouns are they/she.
2: <laughs> Great. Well, thank you so much for inviting me here today. I'm so excited to be on here. Um, Hello, my name is Christina Haswood. I'm Bitterwater, born for the Black Sheep people. My maternal grandparents are the Zuni Edgewater. My paternal grandparents are the Towering House people. Um, I'm originally from Inscription House, I began in Arizona, but I was born in Lawrence, Kansas, and raised in the district that is uh, Kansas House District 10. Um, Their pronouns are she, her, and hers. Um, And that is just a little bit
0: about me. Awesome. We are so happy to have you here with us today. Uh, The general topic of this episode is going to be Native representation. Whenever I talk about Native representation online, I get a lot of comments like, well, what about this movie that has a Native character or this show that's inspired by Indigenous culture? Mm -hmm. And... I think people mistake uh, bad representation for good representation a lot of the time. So I thought we should start off by defining what is good representation.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Hmm. <laughs> I I know it's a heavy topic. It's a lot because you see movies like Pocahontas or Indian in the Cupboard and what's wrong with these films? What makes those native characters bad representations of indigenous peoples as a whole
2: yeah and like when we reference those movies i think about so i'm 26 and those movies were kind of like my childhood movies and it was you know back then when we weren't really um aware of these consequences and exactly what in this framework of representation um how it was doing more harm than good it was you know, the movies that I would watch to feel more connected to Hollywood and representation. And I feel like maybe a lot of people my age and I know you guys, uh, Gen Z is like killing it with it. <laughs> like educating. You guys' TikToks are just amazing and, you know, you're just slaying out there. But um, I feel like my generation too is just really kind of um, on the slower side of things, but then realizing, kind of have to like realizing what our childhood was, wasn't probably the best thing. Um, So, you know, when I think of good indigenous representation in the film industry, um, I really think about fact-checking and making but also making sure that the storyline is quite factual, um, but also not, uh, like, profiting off of our culture and history, but oversharing. I think there's a lot of delicate balance of oversharing and making sure that the characters are of indigenous background.
1: And that, was that the writing cool is sense. is by Indigenous people, too, I'd add. Yes.
0: Yeah, I think um, I think characters definitely need to be played by Indigenous peoples. I mm-hmm. think they need to be written by Indigenous peoples, especially when you see how, uh, like you just noted on, how uh, sometimes it's overshared. It's a little bit too much. And I think that's because a lot of white writers or non-writers non-native writers in general will just take a little bit of culture from each tribe that seems cool and just spit it out into one character Mm -hmm. Uh, and one thing I wanted to point out is that a lot of native characters uh, take place in an older setting which in my opinion Mm -hmm. contributes to people thinking that we no longer exist yeah, uh, there's there was a study done by the First Nations that analyzed uh, the United States as a whole and parts of Canada and millions of social media posts. And they concluded that nearly half of all um, nearly half of all Americans didn't think natives exist at all, that we are entirely extinct. And more than two thirds of all respondents uh, didn't know a single native. Mm. And honestly, that isn't too surprising to me when. A lot of the um, education people get about indigenous peoples comes out of a history book or an old Western style movie, especially when you look at movies like Indian in the Cupboard, where Mm -hmm. it's literally the native character is taken straight out of time and doesn't even know what plastic is.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: So would would we agree that something like Smoke Signals was kind of in the right direction, do you think? Um, I definitely think so. I mean, I grew up with that movie. It was one of my favorites. You have Indigenous Actors. Um, It's an Indigenous movie. It takes place on the res, so Natives can relate to it. And if non-Natives watch it, it's something that they can laugh at. Mm -hmm. Um, It talks about issues like alcoholism without applying it to all Indigenous peoples uh, in a negative light makes it so natives are relatable and funny. And I think that's really important.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely agree. And then I look at some um, Navajo movies too, like Black Cloud and Turquoise Rose. Um, those are so funny. And then of course our comedians, James and Ernie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: if I had to come up with a uh, criteria for what good representation is I would say make it modern uh like you said don't overshare have characters that are played by natives written by natives and make it so there aren't a ton of harmful stereotypes in it that Mm -hmm. just fulfill what racists already believe absolutely yeah Yeah, and again I guess emphasizing on the modern part um
2: I I feel that too even in like my jobs my careers um and higher education um, I just, you know, like people in my job now will come up to me and saying, oh, I have ancestry background. It's like not saying, you know, how they participated in the cultural, a modern way, or, you know, saying like, you know, sometimes they say, oh, my, my granddaughter got an Indian scholarship, just using that term. I feel like yeah. it really puts us back. And, um, you know, sometimes in my job, I had, a, um, like a lobbyist coming into my office and she was working for a tribe and she was like I just wanted to be you know on the right side of things she goes okay um, you know I'm new to represent this tribe and I've heard Indian is not in right I'm like oh yes honey it's not <laughs> 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 but I think we move um, far away from that term um the new blanket term I feel like I, I, this differs indigenous person to indigenous person but um, I just tell people who are not indigenous Native American is kind of the new, you know, safe term. Um, but if you want to get fancy and, you know, come with us moving forward, we're using Indigenous now. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. I think people hear Natives call ourselves Indian sometimes and think it's okay and textbooks say American Indian. Um, uh, mm-hmm. People hear an overwhelming majority of people say American okay. Indian, especially in the past few decades. And I think because of that, they think it's okay for them to say it. But yeah. usually my rule of thumb when I'm talking to non-Natives is even if you hear a Native call themselves Indian or their peers Indian, use Indigenous or Native to be safe unless they say otherwise mm-hmm. to call them something different. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. I also think that especially moving forward and a lot of Native people are, there's a lot of dialogue around not wanting to be called native american because then Mm -hmm. it's like like still subscribing to like colonization in a way because it's saying that we're from what is now the u.s when Mm -hmm. we're native before like from before it was ever the united states or before it wasn't considered america Mm -hmm. before there was that terminology present yes
0: yeah personally i prefer native indigenous or my tribe i am I'm one of those people who's trying to distance myself from the term American. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. But yeah, I agree with everyone. And um,
2: I mean, that's probably a whole nother like our
0: discussion. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> that in itself, we could go on forever about. Um, so we just covered some uh, good movies and um, films that represent indigenous peoples positively. Uh, Let's talk about some bad ones and why they're bad. I know we kind of touched on it a little bit with Pocahontas and Indian in the cupboard, but uh, I always get so many people ask me, wait, what's wrong with Pocahontas? (laughs) Like, I'm like, hmm, well, we could start with them chanting savages uh, (laughs) for a brief scene. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. definitely. I can't can't even count how many times I've told people the real story of Pocahontas. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. I feel like social media is doing a great
2: job at that. I saw a lot of uh, other Indigenous TikTokers reaching that out at one point last year, Uh, really telling that story. because I grew up in Kansas off the reservation urban native and you know learning these awakenings of this is not right and you know kind of always identifying myself if I'm like a little kid and playing disney princesses I always wanted to be pocahontas but now it's like you don't <laughs> um when you learn yeah. the history of it um but I also remember too like um I grew up with other some other natives too in in Lawrence um And one of my friends, uh, their school choir was, you know, singing Pocahontas songs and she had to educate her choir teacher in middle school about that, you know, Savages song. I don't even remember what it's called. And I thought, I thought, you know, we were only like middle school age. I'm like, why is that such a big deal? Um, So I think it's really great to see how we're moving past that. But, you know, I think us as indigenous folks also had to (laughs) kind of you know teach ourselves too. it's really interesting
0: yeah it's i find it interesting that you mentioned that about middle school because i think as natives we can all agree that there's a sort of pressure put on us from a young age to educate Mm -hmm. non-natives yeah especially because of bad representation that that only worsens the problem is it perpetrates indigenous peoples as like alcoholics, savages, primitive, all of these things. And when the audience of those films is majorly white people followed by non-natives, um, it's only enforcing a lot of racist beliefs. And it makes it so that people like us in middle school have to be educating full-grown adults.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I um When I was around middle school or maybe very, very early high school age, um. There was an instance where somebody asked me what my background was, um, and I told them that I was Native, and they responded, "Oh my gosh, you're Native American! I thought that Native Americans were a myth." <laughs> 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 and they were like a—they were probably like 16, and and there was so little representation or so few examples um, of Native Americans being a real, alive thing um that they didn't even realize that we actually existed at all
2: oh, absolutely it's so sad I, yeah. I i definitely can relate and um you know people are just essays. <laughs> oh like i'm doing the extra work for you all on educating the entire class <laughs> yeah. giving them a native american history lesson like i should be yeah. compensated for this
1: and and I'm sure that both of you have been in situations where you've like had to correct history teachers about about things um, that they were teaching in class being either offensive or wrong or very, very um, almost like scary about like defeating natives, not just about natives being gone, but about like being proud of how how we've gotten rid of them. Mm-hmm.
0: No, right. I had a history teacher where... They talked about when um when we were talking about women's suffrage and general voting rights and I mentioned that indigenous peoples didn't um all have the right to vote until the 60s mm-hmm. and my AP United States history teacher had no idea. <laughs> wow. <laughs> he thought that we earned voting rights with the rest of the population when women did and honestly I was pretty startled that even our Teachers, the people who are supposed to be educators, don't even know about Indigenous peoples. And as someone who is now a history teacher, um, and I mean, as a history major in college, even now with my U.S. history classes, I'm realizing Indigenous history is such a small portion of the course Mm -hmm. every single time. Mm -hmm. It's essentially microscopic. It'll be a quick lesson on the Indian Removal Act Or sometimes A Trail of Tears. And then we'll just skip over to the next thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Definitely feel that. Um, Can you think of any more
2: like bad movies?
1: You know, something I was thinking about um, when I was looking at the talking points getting ready is a lot of fantasy films or TV shows with Mm. werewolves like Twilight or Vampire Diaries Um, I can't think of any other examples off the top of my head, but there are a lot of storylines with werewolves where the werewolves were native people Mm -hmm. who somehow Mm -hmm. through some magic or mythology or whatever became werewolves. And to me, that just really looks like, oh, so native people are people, but you're still viewing them as part animal. They can Mm -hmm. walk amongst humans, but they're still part animal. They're still part not they're not 100% human to you, you know? You know,
0: I'm so glad you mentioned that because even in um, really popular crime show, Criminal Minds, mm-hmm. um, there's an episode in it <clears throat> where they go to the reservation and, um, like, do a case on Indigenous peoples who are being murdered and going missing on the reservation. And... It occurred to me while watching it how insensitive that is and how ignorant the writers have to be to not realize how talking about missing and murdered people mm-hmm. on a reservation can be incredibly harmful when not done with the intent of education. Mm-hmm. And then same with fantasy shows like Supernatural, where they take a bunch of uh, things out of Native culture, like skinwalkers, mm-hmm. yeah. and then turn it into some like horrific Western uh creature
1: mm-hmm. and and it's always something to be afraid of it's always taking maybe not always but very very frequently taking something from native culture and and turning it into some horror thing that we should yeah. all be scared of and all be like hiding from
2: mm-hmm.
1: um I also think of like ghost adventures too when they went on the reservation mm-hmm. um
2: and I was you know I, I was like does any of this benefit us you know
0: <laughs> Mhm. Yeah. It
2: benefits the others more than um,
0: harmful. Um, yeah, I definitely agree. When, I think when you have Native, quote, representation that is used to entertain white people and to benefit non-Natives, mm-hmm. I think that can be incredibly harmful. Mm -hmm. this actually reminds me um
2: back in my dating days in undergrad (laughs) they would ask (laughs) me about skinwalkers, and i you know i don't know if they're being you know butts about it but they were like oh can you talk to animals and stuff like it's Uh... still this like weird cringy you know um thing and it's like people my age and whatnot so i mean I i understand like you know people make these entertainment stuff and like like we reiterate it's harmful to us but it's also still painting this weird stereotype for us <laughs> in the future generations
0: absolutely um speaking of your experiences what do you think about representation in politics i know that's an awfully general question but <laughs> um it's
2: lacking um and we need to do a lot more work. And I think, um, you know, I guess just representation in general. So, you know, in Kansas politics, um, being a politician here, uh, we just got, you know, our third and fourth Native American in the entire Kansas state legislature. I'm not sure if any native have been in the Senate side. Um, And then, You know, we have uh, my colleague, Representative Stephanie Byers, who's also the first um, transgender. Um, So there's still a lot of firsts and seconds and thirds happening. And um, even at the federal level, too, I I think Congresswoman Holland and Congresswoman Davis did a great job of representation. Um, And they both helped me throughout my political career. And I remember Congresswoman Holland telling me, you know, like when I won my primary because I didn't have a general she was like okay now you need to go back into your community and get more people registered to vote and you know talking to other indigenous folks who are interested in politics like you need to says like leave the ladder down for other people um which is something I am really looking forward to but it's part with COVID (laughs) and in my district um I have Haskell Indian Nations University which I got my associates there um So, but I'm trying to involve them in the political process. And I did with one of my bills, which was HB2006, which I was a co-sponsor of changing Columbus Day to Indigenous Peoples Day. Um, And I believe Haskell students really carry this movement here in Lawrence, Kansas, and the city of Lawrence has responded to it um, every year, um, making that um, recognition known that it's Indigenous Peoples Day. Um, So I was so excited to get some high school students involved um i asked them if they wanted to write testimony for the hearing and i taught them you know how to write you know a testimony and the rule the strange you know rules and too much berries and hoops to even submit a testimony but nonetheless i helped them with that and they got to submit that testimony um and unfortunately just the politics of things here i don't think that's going to go you know, any further, um, but it's a conversation we're always bringing up, bringing
0: up. Yeah, that's amazing, by the way. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, I know.
2: <laughs> I'm excited about it. And, you know, if they were here in person. I definitely want to help, um, you know, we usually have internships at the state house, and I really want to bring, build this, like, pipeline to at least have one Haskell student with me at all times. Um, I found the lack of representation, you know, with politicians, but also those who work in the state house. Um, there is also a lack of diversity in that itself, but also the campaign side of things, the um, you know, campaign managers, campaign community outreach and organizers and people who just volunteer the phone bank and get people registered to vote. Um, they're oftentimes not a diverse community. Um, and I'm gonna say this for both parties and everybody in between. Um, those lack of diverse uh, diversities in those populations
0: yeah, absolutely i've been hearing a lot of um, people in Gen Z talking about their interest in going into politics mm-hmm. and that has made me really exciting uh excited. I look forward to a future where hopefully we have more indigenous peoples who are representing us because we don't we don't have many people mm-hmm. many indigenous representatives. Mm -hmm. And I definitely look forward to a sort of new age, hopefully within my lifetime.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, with that too, it also brings up the question um, that I get asked here and there is, is Indigenous Peoples, you know, to one party side? Um, Are both parties are independent or, you know, I don't know, what do you guys think about that?
0: Um. You mean, like, uh, about Indigenous peoples on uh, either the Democrat Republican side or both? Yeah. Is that what you're asking? Yeah. Um, I think that's a little difficult um, thing to answer, in my opinion, because I want all Indigenous peoples to be represented, but also as a leftist. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I want that. Uh, I don't know if I necessarily want more republican natives mm-hmm. in office hmm. yeah I just thought I'd throw that one out there because I said my
2: answer is usually the same I'm just like I'm just excited when you know we're registered to vote and you know a whole. <laughs> right I'm on <laughs> that spot right now I don't I don't care if they're republican or independent or a democrat you know we're just trying to take those steps forward
0: I mean, I think ultimately, regardless of what party line uh, a Native is, Natives are still ultimately in their best interest. I think it's important to note that both Republicans and Democrats want what's best for this country. And uh, we just have very different ideas of how that should happen and how we should move forward with that. Mm -hmm. So I think as long as an Indigenous person is going into politics with the intent of helping our communities. Um... In that respect, I, I'm just happy to have a Native person going into the field regardless. I agree. Yep. Um, let So, oh oh one thing I want to mention is speaking of politics, can we talk about how Indigenous peoples played such a big role in the 2020 election? Oh, yeah. And then on the news, we were called something else. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. <laughs>
2: Oh man, this this was a weird thing to see play out on social media. Um, just because it was exciting to see, you know, Indigenous peoples really carrying, you know, um, the water in Arizona and mm-hmm. flipping a state. Um, and it was kind of, um, it was cool. Um, and it was really cool to see like photos of them riding horseback and like really overcoming those types of barriers um and then when we saw the national reporting um at first I was like is this real like <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's 2021 like I, you know and someone who's from public health and like data um you know always striving for to make sure that we're present in the data and even like with COVID-19 data like that still um upsets me a lot of the times but when I kind of looking to see if this was actually real i was upset and um i think a lot of us in the indigenous community who aren't um on top of those types of conversations or agree with um our ideas of of this they were making t-shirts and um, making masks about
1: it (laughs) i have a hat that says something else (laughs) (laughs) yeah i did
0: um, I mean, I think it's natural for Indigenous peoples to respond to something like that with comedy. Mm-hmm. I mean, natives, especially Res natives, are some of the funniest people <laughs> I've ever met. But I think that's how a lot of people, in all fairness, like respond to diverse, um, not mm-hmm. diversity, to um, <laughs> adversity and uh literal trauma and stuff i think i think natives are very comedic because of that so all the something else memes had me cackling for a good month
1: (laughs) i also just after the election i love so much that that our community was able to take something that just sad really and and turn it into something to to make money like people were monetizing it you know people were people were getting paid from it people were really like turning it into something that could benefit them at least on an individual level Um, Which I just appreciate a lot.
2: Yeah, but I would have to respectfully disagree with that. Um, That type of direction that went. um, And, you know, speaking personally for myself, I just Mm -hmm. thought it was something we shouldn't be proud of. And we should drive towards the change of making sure that we rightfully get our representation on there. Especially by, like, was it CNN that did it on national TV?
1: Yeah, Um, yeah.
2: Yeah, and but, you know, again, at the end of the day, like, you know, people make coin off of it, Our people did, so. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) right? We're natural entrepreneurs, and it's great to see, you know, at least some good out of this, like, crappy time and crappy year. Um,
0: Yeah. I guess we'll take the wins we can. Right? (laughs) I mean, I'm glad that people were talking about it, at least. I mean, I saw a lot of, like, viral TikToks um, addressing the something else remark and i thought that was i thought that was nice in the very least because that mean it it made people think about natives uh non-natives who were looking at those Tik tiktoks it forced them to look at it and be like oh something else who's something else indigenous peoples mm-hmm. um yeah but how do you guys think that all this representation we just talked about affects indigenous people especially indigenous youth considering that uh, Native youth is what four times more likely to commit suicide. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, I know that's a heavy question. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to reflect
2: on the media and, like, in my own apartment, I don't have like cable or satellite hooked up, so I get <laughs> me <lot> of- neither. So <laughs> <laughs> a lot of mine is like from social media. Um, but what I see make the news is oftentimes not good. Um, And I think the media, you know, that's how they make their coin. Um, But, you know, I always think of like what happened this summer of criminal justice uh, issues um, and looking at police brutality Mm
1: -hmm. and indigenous
2: peoples. um, I I don't know. I think about that in the media. It's always something traumatizing. And Mm -hmm. it kind of makes me concerned of do we know how to? Well, we probably don't. How to properly have these conversations um, with the youth and really understand what's happening. And I think when, you know, police brutality was kind of um, in the past couple of years really prominent in our media, I remember I have a younger brother. We're about two, three years in age difference. And I remember seeing my mom having this conversation with him saying, you know, if you ever get pulled over, you need to cooperate. And it was really heartbreaking just to see, yeah, to see that conversation and, you know, basically saying, do what they say because we see what they do to people of color and to Indigenous peoples. Um, and, you know, you're basically not safe out there. So that's something I always yeah. think about too. Um, it's always traumatizing. And, you know, like you said, that we always, um, <laughs> I guess, cover everything with humor. Um, <laughs> <laughs> So uh, that's what I think. What do you guys think?
0: Um, Honestly, I think the same thing. Uh, as someone who is biologically female and female presenting, my dad gave me the talk about uh, indigenous women uh, experiencing violence from a very, very young age. Uh, I've been carrying pepper spray and a taser since early high school. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, this is... It's it's sad that this is something that we have to be told Mm -hmm. as literal children, as young adults. Uh, It's it's definitely sad. And I think when uh, like we spoke on earlier about uh, us having to educate um, even as children, adults, Mm -hmm. uh, I think that can really take an emotional and physical toll on indigenous youth and indigenous um, peoples in general. It was and I used to dread going to school, knowing that I would have to deal with that kind of adversity and with the sort of obligation to educate other people's. I mean, I was physically assaulted by my classmates in middle school as an indigenous person, and then I would go to history class after that and have to <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah, listen to how indigenous peoples are primitive indians and you know that's that's mm-hmm. exhausting and when i hear about the uh, the suicide rates that indigenous youth experience uh sadly i'm not surprised i'm honestly not mhm um yeah wow i'm
2: so glad you're here today and you know you've overcome so a lot of resiliency there um and you know i also think about the resources to um and that conversation and I think of uh, how in my higher ed there was a lot of times where I had a low um level of of mental health days and one day I was like, I'm in public health and I preach to people, if you're not feeling good, go seek counseling. I was like, Let me try that <laughs> you know, let me walk the walk and the, the top, walk the talk that I talk <laughs> um, <laughs> and it was one of the best things ever but that, having that conversation and telling my folks back home like hey you know I, I'm i doing something different um, it wasn't really received well um, and you know they were just kind of like did, did I do something wrong I'm like no 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 like this is me and I'm trying to do something good for myself and I think just that conversation too um isn't there and seeking out counseling because I see like other podcasters of people who might not be of color or have a higher social income and they're preaching like go to therapy like it's the best thing ever
1: <laughs>
2: like, <laughs> and I am like okay let me try that and it was great but let me try. <laughs> yeah I wanna try it.
1: <laughs> what has um- yeah I mean I'm oh, sorry go ahead. No you go ahead. Um I was gonna say what has your experience as an indigenous person Looking for therapy, been like um, for me, I question. I've had some some very bad experiences with therapists who have not been native, who have said n- not the most delicate things. Um, but it's also really difficult to find either therapists who are native people or therapists who are aware of native issues. How has that been for you?
2: Mm-hmm. Um, so the first time I see counseling, I was at Haskell. I was a student there. And so the counselor was an indigenous woman and Mm -hmm. I'll never forget, you know, I, the whole situation was my boyfriend broke up with (laughs) me, and I didn't know how to handle that, which I feel like is not an uncommon thing. You know, Mm -hmm. healthy relationships is something that we indigenous peoples um, still need to improve on. Um, And I remember she was telling me, you're a strong indigenous woman. Like, of course you're going to be tough to handle. (laughs) She's like, I see you out there you're in student government and you ran for Miss Haskell, you're a very ambitious woman. So, you know, this is probably going to come up a lot in your relationship life, um, but, you know, just know that you're valuable and strong. And then the second time um, where I seeked help and my mental health was in grad school. Um, and um, with that, it's something I did a couple more sessions with and it was included in my tuition, which was I was luckily um, – being, I had like the scholarship with the Native American Research Center that I interned for, so I had a great relationship with them, um, and the counselor. He was um, a person of color, and he, I think he he was kind of around a little bit older than me. I think in his early thirties, and I think that made me a lot more comfortable because I could talk about like how stressful school was, and also how stressful it is to still living at home, and you know my issues. Um, I felt. I, to, to me personally, I felt like they weren't as big. Um, I felt like I was wasting, you know, resources and time to somebody who might need this a lot more than I did. Um, but he really understood like my problems. Um, and he was like, you know, um, I went to school at the University of Kansas Medical Center, which is a lot of med students. And he was always like reminding me, you know, just because you're in this kind of higher profession, and doesn't mean like you have to be a tough girl. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like a lot of physician suicide rates too so it was really important to understand if you need help there's there's going to be help out there but I feel like I got lucky because I always hear that people need to really find that right um counselor or therapist
0: yeah the first time I sought out therapy I uh there definitely were no indigenous uh (laughs) professionals but so the first thing I went to was I found a um a black female therapist because I wanted someone who was more acquainted with the topic of intergenerational trauma and what it means to exist as a BIPOC person in the United States and honestly that was really helpful for me I was way more comfortable with talking about native issues and uh I felt like my uh, generational trauma was better understood by a VIPOC person. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Rachel, you said that you had some problems with. Oh my god. Do you want to talk about that? I
1: had, um, <laughs> so I had a I had a therapist for several years that that I really liked, but i um, eventually stopped seeing her, and and I'm and I'm in a transitional period between therapists, and so I set up a couple sessions with somebody this was right before prior to covid um with somebody that was just nearby who seemed fine enough <laughs> and um two big things happened one of which was i tried to have a conversation with her about how friendships or relationships i had with white people they were they were basically they were doing things that were microaggressions and um at the time, I didn't have the language to explain that um, or understand it for myself, and she told me just to not care about it. Hmm. <laughs> um, and then, easier said than done, right? <laughs> <Otley>? <laughs> and then, um, at some point, I t- was talking to her about my family, and I was talking about how my family is native from Alaska, and talking about what that was like for me living um, in California now. And she goes, oh, my God, you're going to hate me for saying this. But I used to be Native American in a past life. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. It was the so bad. The fact that they acknowledge
0: you would hate them for right? <laughs> like if you're saying
1: <laughs> that. You, I would hate you for saying it. Don't you think that means you shouldn't be saying it? Oh my <laughs> Isn't that I enough know, of a you? <laughs> Yeah, so... Uh, oh, my God. I didn't go back again. So <laughs> was <really> gross. <laughs> Oh, jeez. <I> <laughs> but Did I think that's it? also... <laughs> no, I just, I just didn't talk to her again. But I think that's also part of... Like, that ties into the whole thing about the what media, us? about it being past tense in the media and about us being, like, mystical, mythological beings instead of being real people that are alive today and in front of you and the same as you, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yep. Or the, I, I can't count how many times I've had people ask me what my spirit animal was oh, or yes. tell me what their spirit animal was or and ask, it was never casual either it was always prompted by the fact that I was native yeah.
1: <laughs> or or say oh you're native do you know how much native blood you have
0: <laughs> oh my god gross. when people ask your blood quantum so the gross. first time they meet you oh my god I was
2: um at a dinner the other day and they were talking about the 23 and knees and they're like i'm this percent oh from this country this percent and i'm like it's so weird to see people like you know we don't like the blood quantum system and then there's like this company that like <laughs> is making other people like their percentage yeah for their i don't know, I was thinking about that and i was like this is weird
1: <laughs> yeah it makes me it makes I, me uncomfortable yeah. it's really strange
0: same i I don't know why non-natives are so invested in knowing the blood quantum of indigenous peoples, but my best guess is that they're used to what remarks like, "Oh, my great-grandmother is Cherokee." Mm-hmm. So to them, blood quantum mm-hmm. like validates you or invalidates you. Yeah, I don't know as a person, I guess. I don't know
2: where this like like this
0: I don't know, verification from
2: them it's Because a lot of times they don't understand the history of blood quantum and why do we have it and why it's a bad thing. Mm -hmm. And, like, I tell other people, like, the breakdown of, like, Navajo Nation's one-fourth minimum and, like, you know, other tribes may have a higher or lower minimum. Um, It's all news to them.
0: Yeah. I mean, especially when you think about how when blood quantum started, we obviously didn't have the same... uh, uh, paper documentation that we have today and we weren't able to take blood tests and have them studied for something like mm-hmm. that so it was based purely on looks and you have afro-indigenous people who have been historically
1: yeah.
0: invalidated mm-hmm. in regards to their indigeneity and just indigenous peoples as a whole honestly i i am almost totally for the abolishment of blood quantum mm-hmm.
1: yeah <laughs> and
2: do I have this correct? But I've heard some or somebody say like tribes do have that power to like lower at least the blood quantum, but they're
0: just not. Uh you know, I've heard that too, but I am not entirely sure. I know that um I know that tribal governments do have more control over tribal registration than people give them credit for. Mm-hmm. Like, personally, because of tribal drama, my dad had his um, registration revoked. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I think about that often. I'm like, if my dad is a fully Native person, could have been unenrolled um, by the discretion of uh, the tribal government, then could the opposite happen? Could someone with lesser of a blood quantum than the requirement be registered by the discretion of a council? So, honestly, I, I, I'm not sure. Yeah.
2: That also reminds me of, like, how maybe an Indigenous person creates a, a horrendous
0: crime and they get their membership revoked. I think mm-hmm. that's an interesting conversation. Definitely. I've always wanted to look more into it, but there's not really any resources on learning about that kind of stuff, so. Mm-hmm. Um, uh Oh, another thing I, um I wanted to talk about is... How does all of this representation we've talked about, like we kind of touched on earlier, affect racism, microaggressions, generally how indigenous peoples are perceived? I know that we noted that um a lot of people don't think natives exist. Uh <laughs> what's some what's um what's some other stuff? <laughs> hmm. Let's see.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Um, let me think
0: (laughs) I mean just about every stereotype about indigenous peoples in my opinion has come from the media or from our very 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 flawed education system Mm -hmm. Um, I I mean sometimes hmm? oh
2: I'm sorry to interrupt but my mind goes to the constitution or the bill of rights that says savages
1: (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) yeah
0: literally like written into our government uh whenever people challenge systemic racism against indigenous peoples i'm always like you know it's literally written into our government that indigenous peoples are savages i mean a lot of uh a lot of the way indigenous peoples are treated both socially and on a federal and state level is based on the premise that we are prim- that we are primitive that we are lesser than that we are incapable of achieving the same things that white people allegedly have uh it's it's honestly startling i'm not going to lie i think about every i think pretty much every single instance of racism, discrimination, uh microaggressions I've experienced has ultimately rooted is is ultimately rooted in how indigenous peoples are portrayed by non-natives. Yeah.
1: Um I also think the whole the whole thing of being savages or 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 being basically described as less than human or less than human in the way that white people are viewed is is really, really, really reinforced by the whole, like, natives being compared to werewolves, like, being compared to animals, you know, or or natives not living in the modern time. Natives just, like, being, like, hunting, acting like animals, running around, like, you
0: mm-hmm. know, whatever.
1: Um, but also things like, things like Brother Bear, most of the movie, he's not even a person, he's a bear. And, a, and that's a really common yeah. trope that BIPOC are portrayed as animals instead of fully being human throughout Mm -hmm. their storylines 100 and I think it just like reinforces the idea that BIPOC people are not as human as white people
2: what what are you guys your guys' thought on brother bear because that's um you know uh, 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 is that from the Um, Alaskan culture
1: yeah yeah it is it's well you know to be honest I'm a little bit confused (laughs) about (laughs) what culture they're supposed to be portraying because there's like there's totem poles in it which certain Alaskan cultures have but then that also like the markings on the wall like it's all very mixed up I'm not even sure who they're supposed to be Mm -hmm. um and most of the characters are voiced by white people um Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's what we said before about how they take a little bit from each Native culture and then throw it into one movie and act like it's one person. It's like that with uh, Avatar The Last Airbender, too. Oh, yeah, absolutely.
1: Mm. Um, I watched it... I watched it maybe a year ago because somebody that I know that is not Native really very adamantly said that they thought it was a great Native representation. Um, And I didn't think it was like the way that they portrayed Alaskan culture i didn't think it was blatantly offensive but it wasn't great cuz it obviously mm-hmm. was just kind of the way that white people perceive natives it wasn't mm-hmm. really anything and um and the whole thing about him being an animal the whole time so
2: yeah that yeah. and like um, the the horse one too spirit
0: spirit oh
1: is that a- oh, oh wow yeah, yeah spirit i i, I forgot he was ever about person that. oh my god <laughs> I see totally a totally at forgot the beginning and movie. the end oh, i thought god. it was just a horse the whole time <laughs> i
2: yeah i don't know there's like one native and it looks like they're in like southwest area but he, the native that is the character that shows up in there looks like he's from the plains oh so,
1: okay
0: i don't know it's confusing i I feel like Plains culture is forced onto every single Native mm-hmm. tribe. <laughs> like, every single one. Everyone thinks that all Natives lived in teepees. Uh, everyone thinks um, all Native peoples used bow and arrows. Like, it's it's so weird to me. I Personally, when uh, people find out I'm Native, they ask me stuff like, do you live in a teepee? Did you used to live in a teepee? Mm-hmm. Uh are there cars on the <laughs> reservation? Do you guys have cell phones on the reservation? <laughs> I'm like, what? Yes, we have phones. You think that we're just like a totally like what's the word? That we're like Wakanda, <laughs> uh, where we've never had any outside contact, <laughs> that we all exist in one area. Like it you think we have a force field <laughs> around our reservation? <laughs> So we just have no contact with the outside. Like, yes, we drove in a car. Yes, I had a phone. Like, (laughs) what kind of question is that? It's so weird. And these are full, like, these are adults and teenagers asking me this for the most part. Like, I got asked that all the time throughout high school. And I'm like, you are a young adult. Mm -hmm. And you seriously just asked me if there are cars on the reservation what <laughs> oh my god pull up. <laughs> oh
2: yeah i don't know I, I think about that and i'm just like how can we solve that is it in a classroom but also i get like the question is it okay if i visit your reservation and i'm like not now but you know after covid yes <laughs> because there's a lot of great places <laughs> that you know survive off of tourism um but I don't know if that's something that we maybe should emphasize on is tourism, but I don't know, maybe education more.
0: You know, I don't, um, I don't see any problem with non-natives going to the reservation to uh, see powwows or meet indigenous peoples uh, if they go with a native friend or something Mm -hmm. like that. My only problem is that when, non-natives go to the res and then they record sacred dances Mm -hmm. and put them on youtube or they um if some natives um, express disdain disdain that a white person is on the res they take offense Mm -hmm. and I'm like why you look at everything that has all these horrible things that have happened to indigenous peoples both historically and um in the 21st century. And yeah, a lot of it is caused by white people. So of course, natives are bound to be uncomfortable, potentially uncomfortable with the presence of a white person. And you need to respect boundaries Mm -hmm. if you are going to go and benefit from indigenous peoples by experiencing our culture and our way of life.
2: Mm -hmm. I know here um, in Lawrence with KU, we would do when Ku um has their pow. There's they usually do like a pow out etiquette class. <laughs> um, oh, that's awesome! That's so cool. It's kind of like you know a lot of these are just common sense. Like don't touch people's regalia. Like don't. <laughs> and
0: I mean, I heard. Uh, what's the word? I heard uh from my friend and uh what's the word and his mom when we were doing like a little round table discussion on Zoom about indigenous peoples and they both expressed how white people came to volunteer on their reservation I believe it was I it might have been off the reservation but I think it was on um and the like there was only uh Coffee and food available for the white volunteers and like the native peoples who were working there, but technically weren't volunteers because you know, they're actually from the tribe, they were being refused like Mm -hmm. coffee and stuff like that and then white people were being incredibly disrespectful and acting entitled while they were there. And I'm like, unfortunately, that often sums up how white people behave when they are welcomed into our communities. Hmm. Which is also
1: just so... How are you going to go into somebody else's space? How are you going to... It Like, it's it's not your land. It's not your space. It's not your culture. And, and act entitled or like you're owed something when you are a guest in that place. It's, it's gross. That's why I think
0: the... uh example of powwow etiquette class I think that's really really cool cool. (laughs) I like that I think I think we all need to adopt that (laughs) a bit because again like I said before I think I uh I think it's great that white people want to come to our communities and get to experience us in our spaces where we are in control and it's our culture and our way of life uh I just think people need to be educated and come in knowing how to behave and how to respect Mm -hmm, us mm -hmm. Um.
2: Yeah, I totally agree, and I I feel like some you know, we can say all non-Indigenous peoples because <laughs> I've had some you know people of color <laughs> ask me some far left questions, and one time they asked if like yeah, could touch my hair. I'm like, uh, don't you know? Yes, your personal feelings. Like, <laughs> no, that's not a thing. We're not supposed to for that? Yes, because <laughs> I have long hair. Um, but I know it's also really bad. Um, in Europe. Um, you know, it's like oh, yeah. we're stuck in the Wild Wild West films because I know in undergrad I would talk to people, uh, exchange students, and they'd be like, "Oh, you're native? Like, do you know this? You know, like John Wayne or like The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly?" I'm like, "What?
0: Like, <laughs> we have newer movies. I mean, isn't is uh, Isn't it Germany who has those teepee festivals?
1: <laughs> oh man,
0: I." <laughs> it's so weird it's like they uh, oh and my um my baba is uh in tunisia right now and he just got back from dubai uh because we have a lot of family who uh live in that area and at one place they had an american themed store that was all indigenous like props and products (laughs) it was incredibly appropriative and i'm like this is this is what non Americans like forget what Americans think about indigenous <laughs> peoples. this is what non Americans think of us and how we are perceived again we're just like some
1: like fantasy character we are uh we are merchandise, yeah, yeah or like costumes for kids to play with
0: <laughs> yeah right yeah uh speaking of um Are we seeing improvements in that respect, uh, particularly in the media, in a decade of political correctness and wokeness? Mm. I mean, obviously, Indigenous peoples are uh, more active on social media now, particularly this new generation and on uh, Native TikTok. Uh, I think we are doing a good job at putting Indigenous peoples in a better light and educating people on how to uh, address us, how to speak of us, how to not be appropriative. Uh, do you think that is having an impact beyond social media?
2: I think there is improvement. Um, and I think we'll continue to see improvement while we see a lot of us coming out of college into these spaces. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And unfortunately, you know, there's not a lot of opportunity back on, like, on Navajo Nation, you know, I can't, that wasn't really much of an option for me after grad school. Um, but, you know, hopefully in the future that could be. And, you know, we all go into our own respective fields um, and be that presence um, at these decision-making ta- uh, tables. Um, but, you know, I still, you know, like the something else thing and, um, you know, them just saying Columbus Day and, you um, I don't know, just, you know, I feel like there's a lot more improvement that needs to
1: happen. Yeah, I agree. Mm -hmm.
2: Absolutely.
0: We definitely still have a long ways
1: to go. I also think we
2: need to support, um, like, our Indigenous journalisms and media, and I found this, um, I don't know why I feel, you know, slow thinking about it, but um, when there's an Indigenous topic or issue, um, and I saw this on Twitter, and I think it was um Gabriella uh, that just wanted for a recorder in Pima County, Arizona, and she made a point to share like Indian country today because it was made from an indigenous journalist um instead of like the national media um to really you know boost boost that you know more authentic news media source
0: mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's a really good point. I think we do need to uh, definitely support and uplift Indigenous voices in all regard, in regards and in all careers, especially in uh, the production of media and journalism. Um,
1: how have you guys felt since the news about Trickster came out? Seeing seeing an, an Indigenous run production, and then um, finding out that the was it the director of the production? Um, was not actually a Native person?
2: I don't think I, even yeah, heard, I heard about um, that. I'm Googling it right now.
1: Oh. Okay. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> um, yeah, well, it's... Uh, I think it was based in... I think the show is Canadian? I'm pretty sure. Um, here, let me... Are we all just <laughs> Googling um, it? <laughs> yes. Yeah, are we all Googling um, it right now? I think it's that... Yeah, I see the description here. of the show had claimed native identity um or ancestry and was of course it's (laughs) (laughs) um and a lot of indigenous people were really really excited because i i haven't actually watched it but um but from what i understand the a significant portion of the cast is indigenous people and it appeared that it was being produced and written by indigenous people but um uh, the woman who was really one of the lead people behind the scenes um, was lying about being native when actually it was a white woman. Oh, that's
0: hmm. frustrating. Yeah. It's like we, uh, it's like we get the prospect of appropriate indigenous representation and then it's just ripped out from yeah, under us. <laughs> yeah.
2: So this looks like it's like a um, a horror. Genre m- fantasy yeah. mystery, <laughs> so it's going against the whole like <laughs> fantasy <laughs> mystery, <laughs> still adding to like the werewolves and the uh, ghosts. Oh, yeah, I didn't even think about walkers. that. Yeah,
1: it's, that's a really good point.
2: And that also reminds me, um, like the new mutants. Um, I know she, uh, there was an indigenous actor, uh, blue, um, forgetting her last name. Um, but that also, you know, that's a big, um, i believe marvel (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, and but it also was kind of like the whole fantasy thing of you know she turned into uh or she had special powers um Mm. and her you know uh love interest turned into an animal
0: oh i know what you're talking Mm -hmm. about yeah yeah uh i you know i hadn't even thought about the portrayal of indigenous peoples um as animals and our close proximity to animals so i'm really glad you both brought that up because that is honestly something i haven't even thought about and now it's going to be all i think about whenever
1: (laughs) i see something like that Um, also just going off of the new mutants thing uh, and the and the whole fantasy genre it's so frustrating that that native people have to be magic to even be to even be there you know like we have to be magical or have powers or be mutants or be werewolves in order for people to want to hear stories that we're included in you know it can't just be a person it always has to be a fantasy character that's magic and can provide something for the white characters that are there
0: no that is so true whenever indigenous peoples are portrayed in anything that is even semi-fantasy related we are always these people with like yeah. powers. And always
1: people with powers. It's especially based on yeah, indigenous yeah, yeah. lore. Oh my gosh. And also so things like um the new Wonder Woman movie. Um oh, I was... didn't even
0: finish it. I
1: got like forty five <laughs> minutes through and hated so it so much bad. that I clicked. It off. was so bad. Um the the there was I can't even remember what it was. It was some kind of artifact. It was like a rock or something but the whole lore was that it was this rock and it like belonged it was it was the reason the Mayan civilization ended and and it's always like so Mm -hmm. I feel like so so much of I feel like native people are so frequently used as a way to explain away why some mystical thing is the way it is like oh these indigenous peoples they've made some spell or some shaman made some spell and now there's vampires or, okay, or something
0: exactly or how like with the um what's the word or with how a lot of south american um south southern native american cultures mm-hmm. in south america um every amazing thing they accomplished white people oh my say gosh. aliens. yeah, <laughs> yeah. what <laughs> like they call us primitive they call us primitive and then they see the good things we did that were not even close to primitive that were more mm-hmm. advanced than europeans and because it doesn't fit the narrative that we were primitive peoples yep. they claim it was aliens <laughs> they'll be like well obviously indigenous peoples didn't have right. the technology to create something like this and didn't have the intelligence to create something like this so it must have been aliens it must have been i'm waiting for an
2: indigenous native film aliens now
0: (laughs) where's that right
1: it's coming i love alien movies right oh my god brings
2: into like Um, another you know um chambers from netflix too um was played by an indigenous actor um but you know it she had these special powers. Um, but that also, you know, to help this conversation, like what would be a good um good representation? Like what would we say that this is okay or this is progress? Um, or do we just kind of anticipate the next trend would be Native Americans in sports films or Native Americans and I don't know, mm-hmm. war another Wind Talkers film?
0: I mean, it's definitely, I think that there are, the frustrating thing is that there are so many opportunities for there to be good representation. There are Native actresses and actors out there. There are Native screenwriters. Um, there are good plots. Like, there's nothing inherently wrong with Indigenous peoples having um, what's the word, having mm-hmm. magical powers or being in proximity to animals, the problem arises when that Absolutely, is the only representation yeah. we receive cool. and it deeply enforces negative stereotypes about indigenous peoples. So I always, it always frustrates me a bit when I see, uh, like you mentioned, Chambers. I remember I watched the first few episodes <laughs> and quit it. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a little frustrating when we see Native people's playing native characters and it just it could Mm -hmm. it could be better
1: it Mm -hmm. could be better honestly just love to see just just a sitcom where there just happens to be a native character who is a native character being played by a native person and they're just a person in the story you know
0: yeah like it's that's the problem with quote-unquote diversity is you have gay characters in movies and their entire persona is surrounded by the fact that they're gay you have a black character in a movie and their entire persona Mm -hmm. is based around the fact that they're black you have a native character in a movie and their entire persona is based around the fact that they're native and the frustrating thing is is yes obviously something like sexuality gender race um, are all things that define who you are as an individual and are a integral part of your identity but they're not your entire person i don't i don't talk about being native 24 7 with every person i meet that's just absurd so how come uh a lot of the time when there are native characters their entire
1: person is yeah. the
0: fact that they are native or, it's weird
1: or as another it's bizarre. option like their their entire storyline is just based around racial or or um, sexuality or gender-based like trauma like, mm-hmm. they can't just be a person who's experiencing yeah. joy. It's it's about, like, the trauma that they've lived through in the world instead of just being a person, too, that can be alive. Yeah. hmm
2: Yeah, I definitely have hope for the next 20 or 30 years when we're mm-hmm. go. I feel like we're in this weird phase of – okay, now we have Natives going into the entertainment film industry and becoming writers and becoming actors and actresses. Um, maybe we'll have that more. Of, we can just be that regular character in on Disney Channel or that regular <laughs> character on a Netflix or Hulu show. Yeah.
1: Yeah,
0: absolutely. absolutely. I Like I said earlier, I definitely look forward to that. Hopefully, day and day um that That hopefully that day when there is appropriate representation for us and it is regular for there to be Native characters in shows like I think the fact that whenever there is good representation for Natives that Indigenous peoples talk about it a lot and celebrate it I think that in itself just shows how bad our Mm -hmm. representation is White people don't get excited yeah. when they see a white person in a show. Straight people don't get excited when they see a straight person in a show because that's the norm. That's what's regular. So the fact that we even get excited mm-hmm. about a Native person um, and we get excited by the even the prospect in a few decades of there being Native representation just goes to show in itself how mm-hmm. bad yeah. it is.
2: Definitely.
0: Um. Speaking of again representation, uh what uh what compelled uh you to start TikTok? I don't Rachel, you're not on TikTok not are publicly. you. <laughs> not publicly. Not publicly, it's right? just
1: embarrassing videos that only my cousins see.
0: <laughs> you should uh what's the word? You should post TikToks of oh, your jewelry making. You are you an so amazing much. artist like i'm wearing your necklace
1: actually (laughs) you make jewelry (laughs) yeah i um i recently well in the last year or so started making um beaded jewelry and i also more recently have started making things with salmon vertebrae um seal skin and have started working with some furs i i just did some pieces with arctic fox fur and um a really good friend of mine who is Yupik, which is another Alaska native group, sent me this really, really generous box of wow. furs. Um, so, yeah.
0: Their um, their Instagram is rachel.m.w. Definitely. Thank you. Definitely go check them out. Their jewelry Thank you. is amazing. And I love <laughs> so much. But... Anyways.
1: This uh... is so red over here. Like, my cheeks hurt from smiling. <laughs> Thank
2: you. Um, yeah, I guess for for me and TikTok, I do have, like, a private account. <laughs> so I, I understand that struggle. I don't put anything on there. Um, so I guess, you know, I... Was kind of um, against TikTok when it first came out. <laughs> I was like, I'm too old for this. And um, it wasn't until like, <laughs> uh, summer of 2019, I did an internship with the Native American Political Leadership Program in Washington, DC. And I think I was like 24, 25 at the time. And I was like the oldest. <laughs> um, everybody else was younger than me. And I was like, they're, they're always sharing TikToks in the group Snapchat. And I was like, okay, let me finally, you know, get a TikTok. And then I was hooked. I was hooked. Like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> that is how it happens. <laughs> yes, I was like. That's how, that's how I was. I was really apprehensive mm-hmm. to download it, especially because TikTok used to be Musical.ly. And Musical.ly was notorious for being cringy mm-hmm. for, like, 12-year-olds and just all around not it. So I finally downloaded it. And I think it took me, like, I started making TikToks in what August, July, maybe. It definitely took me a uh, a few months to want to start making content, but mm-hmm. I mean, I'm glad I, I did. Yeah,
2: definitely. And for my, I guess, generation,
0: we had Vine, <laughs> <laughs> so it was. some... Oh, okay. <laughs> oh yeah, me too. We yeah. get, we grew up in the Vine age too. That was, I think, the cutoff was like two years after. <laughs> Rachel and um, I. Yeah, so, you know, I got hooked
2: to it and um it quickly became the thing I wanted to do in my downtime. Um and I guess the jump to actually u- utilizing it and making videos for political purposes, um it-, it was like an idea at first. and I told my campaign manager and he's 25, I'm 26, so we're similar in age, but a little on the older side. I was like, "Hey, wouldn't it be kind of funny if I did a campaign TikTok?" and he'd be like, "Oh yeah." He goes, "All right. Well, At first, um, he had to approve, like, my video idea um, just because um, in the primary, it got a little nasty. So, you know, I had to be really cautious of what I put out because they could use literally anything against you and twist it and turn it to fit their narrative. Mm -hmm. Um, So I ran a couple ideas by him and he approved it. And then I would kind of give him the rundown of what I was going to do. And then the song and the sound of it. And then um, those couple first videos like did not do well at all (laughs) and um I was frustrated I was like why am I not good at this (laughs) and I was was (laughs) I was venting to my campaign manager about it and I was like like for some reason we're just not like getting the vibe of this and I feel like we had a a cool or you know I had a cool message to say to people and I was like I just want you know to bring awareness to me an indigenous young woman running for office. I would love to like sh- <laughs> the young people out there. And then coincidentally, um, a high schooler, his name is Connor Thrash, he is a senior in high school, and he slid in my DMs and was like, Hey, I see that you need uh <laughs> he was like, Can I help? <laughs> Basically, like in a very <laughs> nice way. <laughs> and he um is from Concordia, Kansas. And he runs the Kansas High School Democrats um, TikTok and their communications, and it was really great. And um, he came highly recommended by our um, well, she was our organizer, and then she quickly became uh, campaign manager for my general. Um, her name's Sammy Turner. She just graduated from high school, so we had a pretty young team. Um, everybody on my team was under the age of thirty, and so he connor um did the homework and the research of what would be appropriate and trending and this was kind of um like a delicate balance because a lot of things on tiktok um that go viral are a little more um risqué um right. with, that. <laughs> with the with yeah. like, the like the sounds that are used and um understatement <laughs> of the century i was like i can't be doing that like <laughs> Um
0: <laughs> a little risque. Uh,
2: yeah, but I was like, okay, I need to find like the videos that, you know, would fit more of my narrative and my branding and my tone. Um and so he did that homework and I think one of the first good videos that we did together was at the Taylor Swift. Um, where I put my phone on my mm-hmm. little uh penny board and like did the whole Romeo, me. <laughs> <laughs> so that one um, pretty much blew up, and then he like did the editing. It's crazy because he lives like three hours away, and we've actually never met in person. Um, but you know, we figured out a good rhythm of okay, I'm gonna film it on TikTok, or I'm gonna film it on my camera, um, and then I'll send it to him, and then he did like all the editing and stuff. And um, after that, he kind of got the flow of things for for that. And then, and that struggle in itself, I feel like um, I was casual. And I think this is something maybe I just put a, a standard on myself. Um, but that was another delicate balance. Um, but other than that, you know, he really helped me um, find that, um, flow of things with TikTok and what worked and what didn't. Um, but also another conversation was with native TikTok. Um, and I, you know, I would tell them, you know, I don't want to do too many native TikTok videos because this is my campaign account and I want to promote more, um, like political awareness of voting and the process of things. Um, but quickly I just couldn't you know, keep away from who I, who I am as an indigenous woman. So I, you know, started to embrace the TikToks and trends. Um, and right now I'm pretty busy with work. <laughs> so I haven't like posted much, um, but I have a couple ideas and um, I think it's fun and it's a good creative outlet.
0: Uh, yeah, definitely. I think that's honestly really awesome. I'm glad to hear that. I mm-hmm. uh what's the word when I saw your when I saw one of your TikToks for the first time I got really excited. I was like, "Ooh." <laughs>
1: it's <Yeah>. password. <representative>
2: <laughs> oh yeah, um it's crazy just how um I guess mine uh, growth has progressed so fast. Um someone in my district like saw me at Target and she made a TikTok saying that she saw me at Target. <laughs> and oh. so I was like, girl you could have said hi and then somebody like what was commenting they're like i saw you in the aisles of walmart but i was too scared to say hi and i was like oh, <laughs>
0: <hey."> <laughs> but it actually helped no i her. have uh yeah that's it's a really weird experience i mean sometimes i have people like my uh i live in the dorms so my ra for my floor uh texted me because she has everyone's phone number she was like Did I just see you on my for you page? And I was like, "Uh, oh, maybe. Yeah, that was sometimes I'll have people at like Target or something be like, "You look really familiar. (laughs) Are you on TikTok?" Yeah, you're like educating
2: the entire world.
0: (laughs) Yeah, seriously.
2: I love love watching your videos. It's like I get educated as well, (laughs) and I'm just like, oh, thank you. I'm like, I feel like yeah, like a. Little sister really telling me like how it is.
0: Like I got really excited on TikTok by the amount of people who were willing to be educated and who were excited to see an Indigenous person on their uh for you page. Honestly, I think TikTok was the first time where I had people um where I felt like this is gonna sound bad, but I think it was one of the first times where I felt proud to be native mm-hmm. uh because of the genuine interest non-natives had and their willingness to learn and be educated so that they could understand and help indigenous peoples that I, I felt i i felt really proud in that moment when i was first starting tiktok mm-hmm
2: yeah, um I think the environment on TikTok is really supportive when the algorithm puts you on that good side.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. I, I see people's like TikToks and they're like, "Oh, I got put into like the conservative Republican TikTok." <laughs> oh, I hate when that
0: happens. Yeah. Did that happen to you? Every once in a while. That ha- used to happen to me all the time when I was first starting out. I think my maybe my first 10 videos cuz I mean there i always have way more videos than what appear on my account i private a lot of videos uh mm. <laughs> a little bit after they've gone out and the amount of racism i would receive was astronomical it was really exhausting there was a lot of times where i didn't even want to open the app because my entire comment section would be savage uh, you're next uh, i'm going to i'm i'm going to end the native race with you uh uh, like uh I got DMs with death threats with trigger warning about sexual assault for anyone listening um, I would get threats in my DMs of people threatening to find me and rape me and like it it's absolutely a horrific thing to experience on social media but I had a lot of native TikTokers reach out to me and teach me like methods to deal with that including uh uh, what's the word? Banning certain words in my comment section because you can do that in your TikTok settings. Mm. Uh, and it's definitely deterred those people a lot. I get far less comments like that with all of the uh, limits I've put on my account and comment section.
2: Mm. I didn't know you could do that.
0: Yeah, and it doesn't tell them either that their comment won't be posted. Mm-hmm. So if someone, unless they go back to it and see it's no longer there, so they could comment like I have the word savage and redskin banned for my comment section. So someone could call me a redskin and the comment will go through. But TikTok will automatically delete it Mm -hmm. once it's registered. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't alert them that their comment has been deleted. It doesn't tell them while they're trying to post it. So that helps because when people figure out that their comments are being censored, what they'll do is they'll do uh savage but instead of the letter a they'll do an at sign so that the comments still posts so it's good that tiktok doesn't tell them Mm
2: -hmm. yeah yeah definitely oh my gosh yeah that's i i'm lucky i feel like that i haven't gotten thrown to that deep end um but yeah i mean i just really look up to you and your
0: strength on that well thank you seriously (laughs) Yeah, most of, my, most of my comments are overwhelmingly positive now that I've put all of those uh, restrictions on there. And if I do see uh, racist comments, I either delete them or I make fun of them. <laughs> 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 there's, there's no in between. I don't even seriously argue with people anymore because I found out that a lot of racists love to argue. They love to debate you. Mm-hmm. That's, how they, uh, that's how they feel empowered uh so now i just troll them and it makes them so upset and then finally they just leave me alone I love
1: that. <laughs> also they're not they're not gonna be willing to learn anything anyway so you might as well just like
0: they're not give them some they're not it's not worth it yeah. that's why i tell people when they respond to racist in my comment section i'm like nope all you're doing is blowing up my mentions and my activities <laughs> and uh <laughs> In my notification center, and they're never going to listen to you. So I'm like, it's not worth your time. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Definitely, yep.
0: Um, is does anyone else have anything else to say? Um,
2: I just wanted to add on that there's you know good good representation in media and entertainment. I think of like Larissa Fasthorse, um, the producer, um. Mm-hmm. who uh, has these plays and is a screenwriter and like a nationally awarded with a grant <laughs> <screenwriter>. <laughs> um and i was thinking about this too when i got the questions of like i wish there was more of an encouragement for indigenous peoples to be actors and actresses and to go into this entertainment industry um and I say this, like, when I look at internships, it's all for, like, engineering and, like, STEM focused. Um, There's a few maybe for, like, Navajo weaving, Um, but I feel like this part of Indigenous peoples to excel is not being nurtured and watered as much as it should be, and Mm -hmm. I feel like we'll probably, it's probably still a, a conversation that's a little hard. Like, I feel like if I told my parents I wanted to be an actress, like they would just tease the heck out of me <laughs> <laughs> until I would not want to do it. <laughs> and that's just how native families are. Um and, you know, I just wanted to give um Larissa Fast Force her credit in that respect. Um and then unfortunately I I want to get educate I, I do want to get educated on more of Indigenous peoples who are in this field um and you know do my due diligence at a smaller scale on TikTok and social media
0: mm-hmm. yeah definitely uh I, I think I realized from TikTok that I do really love educating people and because I mean let's be honest a lot of people don't uh it's not like natives make up the majority of tiktok I wouldn't even say the majority of tiktokers follow an indigenous person and actively keep up with their account so I feel really honored and privileged to be able to educate people who are like wanting to come to a space where they can be told they're wrong and be okay with it (laughs) (laughs) but um I I think I realized from tiktok that I really love educating so I think I want to go into um what's the word I, uh, as a history major, I'm definitely interested in teaching history as an indigenous person, either at a high school or college level, either that or politics. <laughs> oh, yes, please, please run. <laughs> please, please, run. <laughs> please do. Uh, yeah, but I think I, uh, I feel uh, very blessed to have any number of following on TikTok it definitely gives me the opportunity to connect with people i ad- otherwise wouldn't have connected with uh like you representative one. and <laughs> um and even non-natives and get to teach people and get to learn at the same time it's i i think the platform although it does a lot of uh bad i think it does a lot of good too mhm definitely
2: agree um yeah definitely totally agree
1: (laughs) (laughs) i also just think that that one really really good thing that's come from tiktok is that people like the both of you are are on it and and it's given an opportunity for a lot of people who didn't learn this kind of stuff weren't thinking about native issues because they and not even only native issues like bipoc issues in general um the history that wasn't taught in schools, perspectives that weren't acknowledged in schools and aren't being acknowledged maybe via, via film or television. Um, There, there are a lot of voices that are, that are otherwise not amplified that are being heard via TikTok. And I think that's a big deal. And also as somebody who, does not do the videos but does the watching of the videos um, <laughs> i i feel i feel like i've learned more on tiktok in the last year than i did from history in high school
0: mhm oh same same i feel like uh, uh i feel like the education system has done a great disservice yeah. both to non
1: natives and natives yeah absolutely i also just think like I I truly do not remember learning anything about Native people in, in history class in high school. And I hardly remember touching on slavery or segregation or the civil rights movement whatsoever. Like, I mostly remember yeah. learning about, um, what's it called? Um, you know, when they, oh, Prohibition. I mostly remember learning about Prohibition. <laughs> oh, same. <laughs> <laughs> hmm yeah uh
0: yeah it's it's definitely disappointing especially because indigenous peoples do have such a rich history and um even pre-colonial like a lot of pre-colonial history is not taught at Mm -hmm. all um which is appalling to me because indigenous peoples have done so much even for the very foundation of our country Mm -hmm. um i think i think it definitely needs to be taught by indigenous peoples. Yeah. By <laughs> yes. indigenous peoples. Yeah. That's that's another reason why I think I might want to be a uh educators because from experience I know that I could very well be the only indigenous educator that people have exper- um have learned from in their literal lifetimes. Mm-hmm. I mean how many um indigenous teachers have you guys had? Personally, I've had none. That.
1: <laughs> yeah, I can't college. think of one. <laughs>
0: Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I might have had one whose great great grandmother was a Cherokee oh, princess. Uh, <laughs> either than that, not sure. Not sure I have one. <laughs> uh
2: yeah, I think mine was probably when I went to Haskell Indian Nations University, which is a tribal college university. Um, and even that, you know, getting more Indigenous professors to come back to the academic setting is still a struggle. So um, I really like the sound that you want to go and educate people and I think about that sometimes too well you know when I'm old like in my 60s or 70s I definitely want to be like a professor um or just maybe teach high school I don't know but um I feel like the sense of responsibility to to um go back to the community and educate
1: oh that's such a good that's such yeah, a good definitely. sentence the sense of responsibility to go back to the community and educate yeah
0: I mean especially because uh What's the word? What was I gonna say? I was going to say something. <laughs> Give me a second. Mood. <laughs> uh, oh
1: yeah.
0: I I mean I experienced a lot of uh uh a lot of negativity with my teachers in high school, especially because I am uh queer and autistic and indigenous. So literally in all aspects of that I have experienced uh prejudice from not just the student body, but the teachers a lot. And I feel like if I, ha- if I had a teacher who was neurodivergent, or if I had a teacher who was queer, or if I had a teacher who was a person of color in general, uh, I feel like that could have given me a very different experience in high school, especially because I love learning. I I really do love school. I uh, I love different subjects, but like no student should have to go to class and dread and dread what they're going to experience with their teachers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh we definitely covered a lot <laughs> in <this> episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is great. What has it been I, I enjoyed an hour and a yeah,
2: half. Yeah. <laughs> I've enjoyed this conversation. It's like a good conversation I have with my friends too. Like <laughs> It's even a lot more <laughs> fun with, like, a glass of wine or something. But. Yes, right? Um, but, yeah, I just love these conversations because we come from different, like, areas of the country. We're different indigenous communities. Um, we have different perspectives. Like, I grew up in Kansas. Like, <laughs> yeehaw. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeehaw. <laughs> so, like, what I've learned is different. Um, but I feel like, you know, a lot of times we need to come together and kind of regroup and find, okay, you know, with like messaging too and being on the same page of things. Um, Cause I feel like a lot of, you know, things that we talked about um, indigenous peoples, you know, we can point the finger at ourselves um, for, for, mm-hmm. you know, playing along in this fantasy of, of the stereotypes. Um, but it comes, you know, we look into the root problems of it. And it's like, we sell, Dream catchers and bone and arrows um, make a living. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely, yeah. creating change in this systemic of oppression, um, you know, is is really what I think about too. And I'm just like, okay, how can we create solutions? We see all the problems, but how do we create the solutions? And I feel like we just all need to come together, <laughs> at like a conference, or
0: <laughs> yeah, right, just
2: get on the same page of things. <laughs>
0: I, I definitely think there's a lot we can um, do in our own communities to start. Obviously, as Indigenous peoples, we can't do all of the work. Uh, but I I definitely think we need to start with ourselves and also demand change and demand respect instead of fulfilling the white man's idea of what Indigenous peoples are. Um, but yeah, it was really great to connect with you guys. We have... a What's where? Alaska, Kansas, and uh, originally Montana. So we have some pretty pretty good indigenous diversity yeah. right here. Uh, one thing I love is that indigenous peoples from different tribes and different areas can all connect and be able to talk about something like representation and share our opinions and connect, even though we do come from different backgrounds. So thank you guys for facilitating that.
1: Thank you so much for having us.
2: Yeah. Thank you so for having me and inviting me. Um, you guys keep killing it. I saw Rachel's Instagram. Um, you're amazing. Oh, thank you. Oh my so I think we're, we're all doing good right now. So I you look If to... uh, you send
1: me a DM and send me a shipping address, maybe I'll make you some jewelry and send it your way. <laughs>
2: I'll pay you. Don't worry. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I mean, I would love to have this conversation
0: again and see where we're at. But yes, thank you so much. I appreciate it. I love this. It was such a pleasure to meet
1: you. Yeah, awesome.
0: (laughs) Thank you guys so much for coming. I was really, really excited for this and I'm glad it turned out so well. So.